here to separate your Johnstones from your Sam Johnstons. It's the Fantasy Faithful podcast brought to you by thefootballfaithful.com. I'm your host, Steve McGovern, and I'm joined by Harry Diamond Lights Diamond. How's it going, Harry? And, and tell me about Harry the man, not Harry the football manager. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. Uh, I'd like to say that FPL wasn't taking over my every waking <laughs> minute with the, uh, yeah, the game yeah. coming to come fast, but that'd probably be a bit of a, bit of a lie. But yeah, I'm good, mate. Thanks. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. Yeah, I know I'm doing well and uh, I'm actually getting a bit of a boost from FPL for once. So uh, but we'll get into that a bit later. Uh, as we record this, there's still another two games to go in game week 19, Liverpool versus Burnley and Aston Villa versus Newcastle. So we're actually going to look ahead to the next two game weeks because they both take place after the FA Cup action this weekend. But now it's time for a little bit of Captain Hindsight. Who's Captain Hindsight? Captain Hindsight, the hero of the modern age. So we're going to reflect on not just game week 19, but game week 18 here. A lot of people activated their chips over the past two weeks, Harry. I'm not sure a lot of them were happy with the end result. You used a free hit to cover for the missing fixtures last week. Were you satisfied in the end? No, not not no. not one bit. No, um, my careful planning for the blank game week sort of unraveled quickly with uh, the Aston Villa postponement, and Calvert Lewin got injured as well. Left me with about six players with one transfer, so I uh, I pressed the panic button, went for the free hit, and it did not pay off one bit, including Captain Raheem Sterling, who came off the bench and missed a penalty for a minus two. That is that is a stinger, and that was I mean that was awful for everyone because uh, obviously I had Kevin De Bruyne captained, and everyone was like, "Yes, Kevin De Bruyne assist after he won the penalty." Sterling comes up, and I was kind of happy. I was like, "Everyone's happy now." Kevin De Bruyne captainers, Sterling captainers. It's like it's great, and he skied it. It was terrible. It was, and he's missed three penalties in the last while what since the start of last season or something like that anyway he's not good at penalties and he shouldn't be taking them and I don't know why uh, it was passed off to him when Gundogan is there and as we saw in the game last night Gundogan is quite good at penalties um so yeah that was that was bad for you and a lot of people me I didn't I didn't use any chips my I told you my plan from far out was to free hit and bench boost in consecutive game weeks I didn't and even though I only ended up with seven players because of the Villa Everton postponement I lost Emmy Martinez I lost Jack Grealish and Dominic Calvert-Lewin. I still ended up with 44 points. I was really happy with that. Like the, the ceiling, it seemed, for the free hit teams was about 60-odd. If you got about 60-odd in a free hit, you were doing pretty well. That's what I gathered from a lot of the teams I saw, at least in my mini leagues. So when I came out with 44, I was like, That's I've had 11 players that had less than that. So I was, I was happy out, but it was a low-scoring week. And as well, a lot of people had the same team. To be fair, I did say to you, Sheffield United defence against Newcastle. Because yeah, you did, to be fair. And, and I know you, know you want to talk about Newcastle later on the show as a team to definitely avoid. I mean, they do not look like doing anything at the minute. So I didn't, I didn't put that out there into, onto the internet last week. Uh, you know, I could have looked like a genius if I had done that. But I just had a feeling on a, on a free hit, Sheffield United just felt to me like that was an absolute free hit. Uh, kind of thing to do and almost nobody did it I saw one person had Ethan Ampadu and he got nine points so that was a brilliant return for them but uh, yeah it just wasn't a great return if you used your your free hit and I wasn't feeling it in the in the week leading up so I just didn't do it and then I was happy with my I, I, I was thinking then maybe I'll use the free hit in the double game week and I was kind of happy with my team I had loads of players and yeah it it's come out well I've I've, I've gotten 123 points. <laughs> Like, I'm, 
Yeah, <laughs> I am. Okay. I'm actually amazed, and and there's a few players to thank for that who we'll get to. But I mean, it was it's been a pretty amazing week, and I still have two Villa players and a Liverpool player to come. So it wasn't a great for you week for you, Harry. But at least you weren't struck down with the kind of bad luck that befell one FBL player in Uganda. Have you heard about this? No, I've not heard it. What's happened? So there are elections in Uganda, and the incumbent president, uh, Yoweri Museveni, I hope I pronounced that correctly. He basically, in an effort to kind of, I don't know, I don't know where I stand on, on like legality here, but basically he, he switched off the internet to kind of steal the election nearly or to, to make sure that nobody was like talking about it. And then he could just say, oh yeah, no, I've won. So he's claiming the election. And of course this had uh, implications for FPL managers. One uh, fella on the official Fantasy Premier League Facebook page posted in Uganda, we didn't even change our teams for this double game week because a one 80-year-old incumbent wanted to rig elections, so he switched off internet. He has a load of crying emojis with that. Can't imagine having 40 points in a double game week. Oh my God. Oh, I feel for the Ugandan FBL players out there. So yeah, when, when you look at that, Harry, it could always be worse. It could yeah. always be worse. And uh, like, look, if you were told me the last time we spoke that De Bruyne, Bruno Fernandes and Jack Grealish would get two assists between them and that I would still have over 100 points, I'd, I'd have just hung up on you because that's just outlandish. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, they're all players who we've all considered essential, who have been unbelievable at different points this season and have, have uh, done very well. And then there's a double game week coming up and they're quite disappointing in, in reality. But, I mean, the man of the moment was certainly John Stones. Just unbelievable. How many points did he get? Like like a million points, I think it was. He got, ended up with like 27, I think, wasn't it, in the end? Yeah. Uh, 3,500 managers or thereabouts captained him. Fair play. And, and 400 of them triple captained him. Imagine triple captaining Stones and getting that many points. It's outrageous. I remember a few years ago, there was a game, I think it was uh, Man City, Newcastle, and Sergio Aguero, he was triple captained by a good few managers. This, I think this was the first season the triple triple captain chip was made available, and he got like twenty five points. And that was like when you triple captains, it's like that was the most points anyone had probably ever gotten for a single player. And John Stones just outdid that. <laughs> he just outdid that in a single game week. So that is that is incredible. How are you feeling about? having used your your chip your free hit chip now going forward like i saw a lot of people as well hit the bench boost thinking leeds versus southampton was going ahead that was postponed so i mean that meant only two teams those two teams were were playing once uh, respectively all and all their players blanked it was a disaster and some people hit their bench boost i assume some of them didn't realize that that game might not be going ahead but i mean it was in the news if you've been paying attention we've been saying it pay attention to the news people because it's super important to be keep on top of these things and a lot of people ending up with like five or six points on their bench boost it, it's terrible so uh, do you have a, anything to say for the people out there who use their chips and feel like they've you know, wasted it quote unquote it's hard i don't think there there is like a, a real time to use your chips i think it's very much a look at the draw but i know certainly in my mini league there's a there's a few who use the chips well yeah. this week I'm a little bit good because my, my plan really was to free hit this week. And I've seen a lot of the players that I had in my free hit team. I had John Stones, I had Mikel Antonio, I had Harvey Barnes, oh. I had Edison. Often, so I've not done the math to how much it would have worked out at compared to Don't. what I've actually got. But yeah, it's, uh, it is tough, especially considering I did do the maths for the free hit in the blank game week. And the six players I took out would have got three more points than the yeah. uh, 11 I brought in. 
Yeah, you had Michael Keane, didn't you? And he yeah, I mean, like that is just. I mean, when does Michael Keane score? Do you know what I mean? Like that's that's just unbelievably rotten luck. You know what I mean? And it's just unfortunate. I mean, I was looking at it. Like I said, I was I was almost dead set on the free hit from a couple of weeks out uh, for the double game week. But then I looked at it and I was like, I would have brought in Rashford. I would have sold Kane for Vardy. You know, and there's a few other players who have, I might have brought in Cancelo because I because I when I use a free hit, I just like to change it up a lot. Last year I used it when. The, the weak Man City were playing Brighton and I I had KDB in my team and you know I was going to keep him but then I was like no 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 just just change the team because this is the whole point of the free hit you can change everyone so just change it to, to Sterling I did that Sterling got a hat-trick and it just worked out so beautifully well and then sometimes you change those players and you get a blank and the player you originally had gets like two goals. Like it's, it's unbelievable. And there's a, a, a lot of people feeling salty about the John Stones thing because they had Cancelo and he didn't start uh, the first game of the game week. Uh, so, I mean, again, it comes down to luck. Sometimes you make good decisions. Sometimes you make ones that just fall on their face. And like I said, you know, for those who wasted a chip, quote unquote, having a chip in itself is not a cheat code for a bag full of points. You know, it's how you use it. And sometimes it falls on the wrong week. You know, last season, I used my chips at the exact right time. And I still have all my chips. And I'm, I'm really happy about that. But I've got a lot of ground to cover up or to make up, rather. And uh, But, I mean, this week was amazing. I moved up from, I was up 1.2 million rank. This week, I'm up to half a million. So that's a massive, massive jump for me. And I'm absolutely over the moon with it, as you can imagine. But uh, look, we... Might as well uh, talk about some of the teams we like. Now, we, you know, I want to talk more broadly about these teams and their players because, like I said, we're, we won't be doing a pod next week. I don't think uh, just because of the close proximity of the, of the game weeks doesn't make sense. But uh, and the first thing I want to bring up, Harry, is how bloody good was Manchester City versus Aston Villa last night? What a game. Yeah, it was brilliant. I, I couldn't believe it was nil-nil for as, uh, as long as it was. City kept another clean sheet, but they, they were very lucky to do so because Villa yeah, had yeah. loads of chances, but equally they conceded loads of chances. That could have been 4-3 easily. But City are beginning to, to look really good, aren't they? I think definitely. Yeah, 100%. And I think it, it says a lot about both teams. Like I think both teams look really good. I mean, these are the two teams with, who have some of the best defences in the league, if not the two best. I can't, I can't uh, recall off the top of my head, but... Just really good defences. And the game was so open. It was just end-to-end stuff. It was fantastic. And uh, Villa can consider themselves so unlucky. I mean, the Bernardo Silva thing with the offside. I mean, to me, I mean, to be brutally... At at first, I thought, oh, that's offside. Surely. But actually, (laughs) by the law, it's correct. And I also think, actually, it was fair enough because it's when when does a player become active again after he's in an offside (laughs) position? When yeah, I do get it by the rules of the game, then it, it should count, but it doesn't sit well with me. And that that's not a, a biased look at it for the title race or anything. I just think <laughs> he's he's chest he's chesting the ball down and by the time he takes it on his chest, Rodri's right behind him to just take it yeah. off in it. I don't I don't really get how you can say he's not gaining an advantage, but they're the rules. It's just a shame that no yeah. one seems to really know what they are anymore. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, this whole second phase thing has been around for a couple of seasons. So you have managers and players saying like, oh, we didn't even know the rules. Like, well, no, the second phase of play thing has been in, been around now for a couple of seasons. Everyone does know it. It's just yeah. this particular one was very weird. It was a very weird circumstance that does not happen an awful lot. You don't usually have uh, players being robbed blind from behind. And I think the big thing was just that Mings made an absolute hash of it. He made the wrong either... You leave the ball because he knew Bern, Bern, uh, Sorry, he knew Rodri was there. Sorry, it was Rodri that stole it from him. 
and Bernardo scored the goal. He knew Rodri was there. So either you clear it or you let it go behind because Rodri can't, if he, if he interferes, then it's offside. But he played it and then that was a new phase of play. So I don't know. Otherwise, we're just going to have to rewrite the offside rule all over again if we're saying yeah. that should no longer be counted as onside. Anyway, I digress. Man City, since losing to Spurs in game week uh, nine, I think it was, they've won a drawn two. In that time, their players have accum- accumulated 664 FBL points. That is the most of any team. And it's a 108 more than Man United, who are the next best team. And they've also played a game less than Man United as well. So that's incredible. John Stones has now scored as many goals as City have conceded uh, when he's been on the field. And he is a very good cheap option uh, at the minute. So if you're not on John Stones, it might be a good idea to, to get on him. We already mentioned Joe Cancelo and that unfortunate benching in the first game. And then, you know, he almost scored against uh, Villa. KDB set him up. He hit the crossbar. I mean, people like me who had KDB captain. Did you have KDB captain? No, I have Mo Salah captain. Mo Salah. Okay, yeah. So you're waiting on tonight to see how that goes. But uh, yeah, a lot of people had hearts in their mouths and just go, that would have been the perfect kind of scenario for people who owned KDB and Cancelo. One of these days, Cancelo is going to, he's going to score. He's going to assist. He's, he, he's just going to have one game where he explodes because his numbers, his underlying numbers are just off the, off the charts. I also included Ilkay Gundogan in my FBL com- column ahead of the double game week. He now has five goals in seven games after scoring that penalty against Villa. I mean, he has more points in that time than pretty much every premium midfielder, including Kevin De Bruyne. Uh, so that's, I mean, in- incredible. Uh, De Bruyne as well, much to the chagrin of his triple captainers, he came off in the 58th minute. He just had to wait two minutes to get that injury, really. And then he would have gotten two extra points with the, with the clean sheet. Right now, it's not clear how severe it is. We'll keep an eye on, on any updates. But that affects all City assets, doesn't it, Harry? Because he's running the show. He's integral to it. If he's out for an extended period, then we have a title race on our hands. Because if he's fit and ready by next week, then I, in my opinion, the season's over. Like They're, they're going to walk to the title at a canter if, if he's available for every game. But if not, it, it's, a, it's a different ball game, And I think that changes it as well for FPL. If he's out, I wouldn't touch Gundogan or any other of their attacking assets. Yeah, I think you're right. I think he's definitely the main man, isn't he? Everything goes through him and his, his delivery is like the quality of the passes and balls he, he puts in is just, just no, no one else comes close to him, do they, in the league, really? No. So I think, yeah, if, if he's out for an extended period of time, I'd probably stay clear of the attacking assets. But City's defence, look so so solid at the moment and they've got a nice nice run of fixtures coming up uh yeah and and this actually is just breaking uh right before we started is that uh sergio aguero tested positive for covid so keep an eye on man city and the news coming out of that club because uh, we don't know if anybody else has gotten it through him and, and we can see we've seen with Aston villa sometimes and newcastle if there's an outbreak in the club it can get really bad so just keep an eye on that uh hopefully Sergio Aguero uh, recovers quickly. Moving on now to Manchester United Football Club. Uh, they, you know, but by serving up a goalless draw last week, Liverpool and Man United both lived up to and failed to meet expectation at the same time, I think, because as ever, so much hype and it didn't, it didn't quite deliver. A lot of people were saying it was, it was a boring match. I actually quite liked it. I actually thought it was interesting. Um, it wasn't like spectacular or anything like that, but I actually liked it. But it keeps up Man United's run of games away from home without defeat, uh, which they added to with the win over Fulham. So they've now gone over a year 
without losing an away game. That is very important to keep in mind with regards to assets and, and who you captain and stuff like that. But uh, it was a really good match at Craven Cottage, I thought. Fulham were good, but so were United. I think both teams look really well, and I think that bodes well for, for both sides, don't you think? I mean, the fact that Fulham were really good, and it wasn't because Man United were bad. Man United put in a really good performance, and, and they're quite impressive now, actually. Yeah, I think they are, and I think, I think they're growing in confidence as well with each... Um... Each week they stay near the top, I think they're only going to get more and more confident. And the way they keep coming from behind is is really impressive and is really going to help them going forward. Um, I feel like the United sides of maybe a season or two ago, if they'd gone behind so early at Fulham, they might have collapsed. But I was doing some work this morning and they've now taken 21 points from losing positions this season. They've come, come from behind wow. seven times to win which is more than double the next best team, which is Liverpool, I think, 10 points. So it really just shows that that they're confident in themselves to come back and, and get results even when things aren't going their way to start with. What about in terms of assets, though? Because against Liverpool, Bruno didn't look up to it and he looked better against Fulham. But, I mean, there there is that kind of worry about fatigue with him. He's also on four yellows. So if he gets one more, he will be suspended. And then Paul Pogba, I mean, he was looking... I'm just going to say it, Harry. He's world-class. He's world-class. <laughs> And uh, he he was look, but he looked brilliant. He's look and he's looked absolutely exceptional. And so, I think uh, kind of with, with Bruno in a bit of a dip, it's been made up for with Pogba kind of raising his level. Uh, so in terms of attacking assets, who would you go for? Because it's kind of like Bruno is is the obvious one, but like I said, he's on the verge of of getting a suspension. I think Cavani looks great, but is he going to start every game? Uh, Rashford is is a somewhat frustrating asset. Martial, I think you forget about him. As a as a man, no, as a as a as an asset. So, what what are your kind of what's your take on Man United assets in general? Like, who would you be looking for? It's tough, really. I think I think Bruno he has he has looked a little bit leggy and a little bit tired in recent games, but he's the safest option by a million miles for me. I think I think the rest of them are a little bit of a lottery picking. If if I was going to go for one, I wasn't going for Bruno. I think I'd go for Rashford. He starts most of the games, and I think he's he's got potential to to score explosively. Cavani. We don't know how much he's going to play. Martial looks a little bit out of sorts. He had like he had a few good games, didn't he? Maybe a month or so ago, but since then he's looked quite ineffective again. And Pogba has looked really good, but whether I think he's going to turn that into FPL points on a consistent basis, I'm not very sure. Rashford would be my go-to if I wasn't going Bruno. Yeah, Pogba is has never been a consistent FPL asset. As good as his Hollywood passes have been, and all the stuff he brings, he's just not that kind of player uh, you know he's he's not a fantasy asset as you would say so he's probably one to avoid and at 7.7 there are better options in that price range like you, you think of jack Grealish and, and a few others like you you can get better value there so I, I wouldn't really go near paul pogba but i mean the thing about this upcoming game with sheffield united which i think is a great fixture for them is if, if it was most other managers i'd be concerned about bruno being rested for donny van de beek because it's kind of like, there you go like for like replacement let's let's you know let's get bruno a rest Let's get Donny some minutes, but uh, I think Ole is actually pretty bad at rotation, so I don't think I don't I don't think that's uh, that's going to happen. But moving on to a team who I, I've been really impressed by lately, and it's Leicester City. They absolutely dominated the Dream Team lineup this week with six players amongst those with the most points. It's absolutely ridiculous. They beat Southampton one 0 before crushing Chelsea in a two 0 win. Harry, how good are they? I think they're really good. I would jump on them. <laughs> I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure if they're going to. Go- if they're good enough to go win the league, but I. I would bet on them to finish in the top four comfortably. Can, I, I think. I think, I think really 
<sighs> I think that might be. I think it might be a bridge too far, and Vardy's hip issues would would concern me. Yeah, um, there's there's not really any any depth beyond him. Iheanacho is just not the player to fill in for him, and the way that he keeps struggling with his hip would worry me for Leicester going forward. Yeah. But I think in terms of FPL assets, I, I think they're great. I've had James Justin from game week one, and he continues to rack up points. He's he's always good for for bonus and. James Madison's on absolute fire, isn't he? I think it's five goals in five goals in seven now for him. Plus, he takes all the set pieces. He's he looks like a really attractive option at the moment for a lesser team. That I just think I think they will have the odd setback, but I think that they're they're so consistent. They they know each other. They know how to play. Rogers knows his best team a lot more so than some of the other sides, and I think they'll just keep picking up yeah. results. One hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, in, in this double game week, Madison he scored uh, two goals. Obviously, benefited from the two clean sheets as well with two points there, and he got he only got one bonus point over the two games, which is uh, you'd be kind of hoping for a bit more, and that's that's something you always keep an eye on for captaining players and stuff like that. But seventeen points this week, uh, one of the highest scoring. James Justin, as you mentioned, there brilliant asset. I sold him in game week four for Tariq Lamptey. I thought I was I thought I was onto something there, and uh, yeah, no, that that has not worked out, and now James Justin is. <laughs> Five million, so he's not quite as cheap as he was before. But as well as that, I think Harvey Barnes is finally becoming quite a good fantasy asset. He's only owned by four point eight percent of managers, but he only costs six point eight million. So he has six goals and two assists for the season. I think uh, with with uh, Leicester on a bit of a roll and playing consistently well, he's one he's one to get on. I suppose the disappointing thing from an FBL perspective is the Jamie Vardy blank. Because he didn't return any goals whatsoever, and nobody expected that. Like I said, there's six players in the dream team from Leicester, and not one of them is Jamie Vardy. That's that's madness. But did, did you want to actually say anything more about Aston Villa? Because I know you're a fan of uh, how they're playing at the minute and what they're doing. Yeah, um, I know they obviously got beat by City this week, but I've been really impressed with Aston Villa this season. I think they they go into games and they're just they're just fearless, really. That you've seen what they they did when they went down to Arsenal, what they did to Liverpool at home, and they could they could have easily beaten City this week. The, the chance that they've got is so end to end. So I think I think their attacking assets in particular are interesting. None of them really cost a, a great deal. Watkins, um, El Ghazi, and and they're quite solid defensively most of the time as well. I think they were unfortunate to to get beaten this week, but the the, the way they just attack teams, the willingness they've got to go forward and fly forward, I think they're they're really good, really good yeah. options to have. And with Ross Barkley back. They definitely have not just a bit more depth, but I think they've got more to them in attack as well. Uh, quite surprising to see uh, Anwar Al Ghazi benched for the Man City game. He's been on fire lately, um, and he only made a substitute appearance. But you see, there now they have options up there now. They they, they recently just uh, offloaded Conor Hurahan, so evidently they feel very secure there with the, the options they have. You've got Grealish, Barkley, Bertrand Traore, and then Ollie Watkins. Very good from four. They've done excellent business this season in the transfer market so a lot of great options there I've got Jack Grealish and I think a lot of people a lot of managers probably listen to this already have Jack Grealish so you know that but there's definitely I think a lot of assets there that, that you can get on and Emmy Martinez has just been unbelievable between the sticks as well so yeah even even though they lost Man City they looked fantastic and I think they definitely want to look on on the other end of the spectrum Harry teams to target in a bad way that we think we can get a lot of points out of uh, from our from our assets, our assets, assets, playing them. Who who do you not like in the Premier League right now? Who do you think, when you look at the fixture list, you're looking for them to see right? Who do I need to get in 
to take advantage of how bad they are. I think it has to be Newcastle for me at the moment. I think they're, they're free-falling. Um, Steve Bruce has never been the most popular appointment up there, and I think the, the atmosphere is only going to get worse the longer they go without picking up results. I actually think rather than target attacking assets against Newcastle, it might be good to target defensive assets against Newcastle yes. because I think bar Callum Wilson, they just have nothing. Like You watch the game against Sheffield United and they're just trying to get the ball to Wilson and then if that doesn't work, they throw on Andy Carroll and hope he, he's going to head something in, but they're just, they've got nothing going forward, I don't think. So yeah, defensive assets against Newcastle, I think is, is the way to go forward. I 100% agree. That is why I suggested uh, to you, Sheffield United defenders, that particular week, and I wouldn't do that any other week of the year. But I think looking at this week, they're they're playing Leeds. So if you're on a free hit this week, get Leeds defenders in. Um, but plenty of people already have the likes of Stuart Dallas and Lee Galing and stuff like that. But yeah, that's, you're absolutely right uh, with that. For me, one that I did not expect to be saying because they've been consistent the last two seasons. They've been really solid. And that is Wolves. The last five game weeks, they've conceded the second most goals, which is 10, and had the fewest clean sheets, zero. Only West Brom have done worse than them defensively. And uh, at this stage, I mean, and they just lost to West Brom. At this stage, I think you just forget about Wolves. Wolves are just, they're just not a team to be getting on. And uh, they might even be a team to target in the coming weeks because they're leaky. And uh, Rui Patricio is just not... Sorry, I actually don't mean to, to pick on Rui Patricio. He's, he's a decent goalkeeper, but I just think I just think there are goals there in those games. And uh, yeah, target them. And, and another team I want to bring up is... Uh, I mean, I, I bring... I have... I'm not happy to say it. It's Chelsea. It's Chelsea. Um, sure. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, look, a month ago, it was being said that a Chelsea triple up on defence was a viable option. You could have Zuma... Reese James and Ben Chilwell, and you know who would bat an eyelid, or you could have Mendy in goal, right? That is that feels so far in the past now. That's gone. Forget about that. They've conceded fifty goals in away matches under Frank Lampard. Now that is something to target when Chelsea play away, because you will get goals. There will be something on offer there. They look toothless, rudderless, and useless at the minute. It's looking like it's the end for Frank. Now they do actually have decent fixtures coming up. Their fixtures aren't bad. But we have been down on Chelsea a good bit this season. And uh, I, I don't see that changing soon. And the, the funny thing is, though, those two teams, Wolves and Chelsea, are playing each other this weekend. So who do you target there? I don't know. But I think going forward over the next couple of weeks, I think Chelsea are one to avoid and maybe even, like I said, target. Do you agree? Yeah, I do, actually. I'll just... The wolf, the wolves thing. I, I just find so strange how how they've fallen off. Like um, I was doing some work. Well, with them. Selling, selling your best attacking players will do that. Well, yeah, yeah. And right now, Raul, and I mean, it's not it's not their fault, but Raúl Jiménez is now injured. So I think there is there is part of your answer anyway. Yeah, they've just they've just been so solid, haven't they, for two seasons? And then he's he's like toyed with moving away from the back three, and I think the back three worked worked well for them for two years, and I don't see why they've changed it, but. I was doing some work. They've they've lost nine games already this season. They lost nine in the whole of last season. It's just it's just crazy how much they've uh, they've dropped off. Because Wolves defenders were last two seasons. You would think that they're, they're key FPL assets. They've just oh, secure. Yeah. But it's like a completely different team this season. Yeah, I can't I can't think of a single player I'd want from that team. I I sold Kilman ahead of the double game week. I, I sold Kilman, brought in Kufal of West Ham, and then that uh, I was also able to sell Dominic Calvert Lewin for Mikhail Antonio. That worked out pretty damn well. So I just happened to look out on my transfers there. But yeah, I was like, adios, Kilman. 
forget about Wolves defenders. They're done, I think. And uh, unless, I, I mean, I, I haven't even heard much about uh, transfer business they're going to do. So I don't, and they, they've brought in players as well it, it defensively. So I don't know what they're going to do to fix it. But we're going to move on now to our picks for game week 20. Had to think about that for a second. There's been so many game weeks. I was like, wait, which one are we on? But yeah, so now it's time for transfer targets. And uh, I got I to gotta tell you now, after the transfers I made, I just mentioned the two from last week there and looking at my team. My team is now as stacked as Fernando Torres' triceps. Uh, this is... <laughs> So yeah, no, I'm 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 genuinely delighted with it. I mean, I've I've got Emmy Martinez, uh, John Stones, Ruben Diaz, Andy Robertson, Kufal, Suchek, uh, De Bruyne, Fernandez, Grealish, Kane, Antonio, and then my bench is Rob Holding, Shea Adams, and Wilfred Zaha. So I've I've properly got a full squad. Apart from goalkeeper, I got Fraser Forster, but I've properly got a full squad to to pick from. So for me, really, the big question is James Madison or Harvey Barnes in place of Wilfred Zaha and I think Harvey Barnes shades it even though Madison has been very good lately and I love him as a player I think Barnes shades it he has uh, more shots in the box he's had more big chances and he's had twice as many penalty area touches in the last four matches so I think just based on those numbers Barnes is is a better option going forward but I I just feel like Madison is coming into his own so I'm I'm kind of tossing it up there just seeing it's just all about vibes, man. It's just about a feel thing, you know. I just gotta just gotta follow my heart and go with it, because, uh, you know, I'm I'm on a bit of a roll now the last couple of weeks, and uh, this tends to happen to me second half of the season. I don't know what it is, but I start getting a better feel for for FPL and what moves to make. So I think I've just got to search it within my heart. Yeah, go got instincts can't go wrong. <laughs> what about you? Uh, who are your transfer targets uh, over the next like week or two? I've already made my move for for game week twenty. I went I went early to get John Stones in uh, with his ah. price rising up. He, he I would already target him to come in before he decided to go all crazy and rack up a million <laughs> points. So it's a bit of a it was a bit of a sickener considering he was he was already my intentions to come in. Yeah, I've got him a little bit late, but City have got great fixtures and can't be missing out on their defense. I think if if I hadn't been burned already with I think I had triple up on Aston Villa when they got postponed for COVID when they played Newcastle and had a triple up on Spurs when they got postponed. I would be considering a triple up on Man City defence. Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, like 100%. Like they just, I mean, obviously the Villa game, they I mean, they should have realistically conceded a goal, but otherwise they've looked really solid in defence and I couldn't blame anyone for, for going for a triple up there. Uh, the only thing is, is that, you know, a few weeks ago I was saying on here and in my column, be very wary about tripling up on any team because their 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 matches could be postponed, and since then I now have three Man City players and three West Ham players. So uh, half my team is now is now dependent on just two teams. Yeah. So I'm praying to God that that nothing happens between you know in the in the near future. And like I said, now that that Sergio Aguero news has got me a bit nervous. But yeah. look, we'll we'll uh, go on to uh, differentials and. Just to anybody who's under ten percent ownership or who's being overlooked, uh, you think maybe uh, could could make a difference? Who could shoot you up those rankings? Who have you got for me, Harry? I'm not sure about long term, but I like the look of Cavani for game week twenty. I think Martial is flattered to deceive really for the last few weeks, and Cavani's shown even in like fleeting performances that he's, he's still got it, and he, he's still going to score goals. And with that Sheffield United game at home, I think he could be a good little differential to, to shoot you up there. I think he's only owned by less than 3% at the moment. 
which is understandable given he's not yeah. a guaranteed starter. But I think if he's playing, he's definitely going to score goals. Yeah, and it's actually it's actually relatively high ownership when you consider he was suspended recently. So, but it was interesting though, wasn't it, that he was played through the middle and Martial was was kind of put out wide there. So that was interesting. I thought I don't see why you wouldn't start him every game if you're Ole. Obviously, you're concerned maybe that he's a bit tired, but like he's 33, not 80. You know, yeah. look at Jamie Vardy. I mean, I know you were talking about Jamie Vardy's hip there, his problems. I mean, that is such an old man problem. But if you, I mean. He's still in great shape. Like he's, yeah, he doesn't look old, does he? He doesn't look like he's finished by any stretch of the imagination. Oh, and he's unbelievable. I mean, like Man United got criticism for completing their business late, for for fumbling the Jaden Sancho thing, and basically having to settle for Edmonton Savani. But I mean, he's a great signing, and he's an unbelievable player, and he's exactly what they need. You know, I, I can't believe he didn't score more against Fulham because that header that was saved by Ariola, just brilliant run brilliant connection and just a fantastic save from his former teammate no less so I think that's a great shout and he should be playing he should be playing every week uh, for me it's on the opposite side of the coin the team that they were playing on Wednesday night Fulham I'm just I've, I've finally got the cojones to say it Adam Ola Luckman he's 5 yeah. million he's owned by 1.3% of managers he has 3 goals and 3 assists he's an ideal 5th midfielder Fulham are not awash with goals but if they are going to score, it's going to be through this guy more likely than not. And Fulham's next fixtures, the next five fixtures, are Brighton, West Brom, two huge games, man, two huge games in the space of a week. And then they've got Leicester, Everton, West Ham and Sheffield United. So none of the traditional big six. Some difficult fixtures there. That run of Leicester, Everton, West Ham, that's, that's not easy. But they've got three of the bottom four there in the next six games. So... If, the, if you were going to get on Fulham asset, it's now. And I would also actually say that that Fulham defensively have been really sound and it's not the worst idea. If you need a really cheap option, maybe you get someone there. But I think Adam Luckman, 5.0. You need a fifth midfielder. There you go. He's looking really good at the minute. I also actually just re- very, very quickly want to mention the fact that Man United have got really great fixtures actually upcoming. What would you say about Luke Shaw? He's 4.8 million. Owned only by 1.8% of managers. He's completed the last four matches in full and he has 11 bonus points for the season. I mean, ever since Alex Tellez come in, Luke Shaw has been playing like a prime Paolo Maldini. So do I get the thumbs up there or do I get, or is it a thumbs down? No, I think I think you do for me. Uh, thumbs up at that price. I, I considered him ahead of the blank to bring into my team before. Obviously my plans went into chaos, but... He's not like a new player this year, hasn't he? He looks fit and he's and he's pushing forward. He's he's creating stuff. I think against Liverpool, he recorded some really good stats in terms of key passes and possession maintained in the opposition half and stuff. So yeah, I think I think Luke Shaw's a good option, definitely at that price. It's not it's not often you get a defender who will provide some some sort of forward threat. I think his delivery still needs to be improved, but he he will get forward and at that price for one of the, one of the top sides, I think he's he's a sensible buyer. My only issue would be he does he does tend to pick up quite a few bookings, but. Yeah, 4.8 million. I don't think you can complain too much. Yeah, I wouldn't be expecting massive attacking returns from him, but I think United are solid defensively and they're in a good moment. You know, get on them while they're streaky. And if you want yeah. it into that defense, I think Luke Shaw is a very viable option yeah. there. It's the same and, the game, isn't it? You've got to get on, you've got to jump on the streaks, you've got to get on the bandwagons when they're rolling. And absolutely, United looks to be one of those bandwagons at the moment. 
100%. And, and some players actually, they just, they really do need, if they need competition sometimes, uh, you know, a new player comes in and it helps them to raise their levels. And with Luke Shaw, a guy who has been lambasted and decried for years, he's finally delivering on some of that promise he had when he was at Southampton. So it's good to see in that sense. Right, real quick, captaincy. Who is your pick for this week? I have got Bruno Fernandes with the armband at the moment, but you have thrown some doubt into my mind by suggesting he might be arrested against Sheffield United. Look, anytime I've given you direct advice, like, oh, who should I get or who should I captain? It's not worked out. I, I'm, I'm good at giving general tips, but when, you, when I'm asked for specific things, it doesn't work out for you, I'm afraid. But uh, look, just go with your heart, mate. I think Bruno he, Fernandes versus Sheffield United is a good one. Yeah, he's got, he's got the best picture out, out of all my team. I've got Kane, yeah. Salah, who are playing each other, Son. Jamie Vardy at Everton. Might have to go John Stones at West Brom. See if he 100%, can, uh, man. 100%. He's on a roll, isn't he? Why not? Lump yeah. on him. Maybe this is the week Joe Cancelo just goes like crazy and he's yeah. the one to get. I did see some people triple captain Joe Cancelo and I, I'm just, oh, man. Oh, that's, that's a heartbreaker. But anyway, for me, I, I current, well, I did have it on Kevin De Bruyne, but his injury is kind of put a spanner in the works there so I have it on Bruno Fernandes at the minute but I'm keeping an eye on that because I think against West Brom I mean they drew one all last time out I do not see Man City letting West Brom get away with a draw this time I think they're going to punish them for that result so for me it's KDB and for us that's the end of this week's episode I think so all that's left for me to say is thank you for listening thank you Harry for joining me today pleasure as always if you want to join our mini league, use the code QCEY3L. And we'll also have the auto join link in the episode description. Follow us on all our social channels. Check out the 90s Football Hall of Fame podcast. And good luck this weekend in FPL. Mm-hmm.